What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your M.O., tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. A great team win, guys. Let's keep fighting to the end, man. Let's get another perfect week this week. Finish off with the Raiders, man. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary. Caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one. Lindsay is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit. Nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's not. They call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fenn. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fenn takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. Welcome in, everybody to a victorious episode of the Huddle Up Podcast, coming to you live on both YouTube and Facebook. It is the Gut Reaction episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, on both the micro and macro level, when it comes to a quarterback, you want to see resiliency. You want to see a guy, if he throws an interception early in a game, you want to see him bounce back. If he has a bad performance or loses one game, you want to see him bounce back the next week. And, you know, even though Locke didn't blow the doors down like he did in Houston, I think it's safe to say he bounced back in a more than solid way against the Lions today. Broncos emerged victorious 27-17. Yeah, we talked about this, how Locke would handle adversity, how Locke would handle his first loss. And I think he came out today and played a pretty solid, clean game, Chad, for the most part. I mean, he had a lot of things that you like to see. He threw on the run. He hit Patrick and Stride down the sideline. He threw a dime to Devontae Booker that was dropped. He identified one-on-one matchups. Everything that were red flags about Drew Locke coming into the season, he's slowly but surely starting to improve on. And that's what you want to see over the next course of the next game and going into next season. I thought the Broncos played a pretty good game today. Not the biggest barometer, not the biggest measuring stick because the Lions are so bad. But if victory is a victory, we're not going to ever apologize for it. By the way, did you see that one play where Locke was pushed out of bounds on a scramble? 
and old man Flacco had his back to the field and was like looking up at the sideline and Locke ran right into him and had to like grab him to keep him from falling. I thought it was quite symbolic in all actuality because after what I've seen just in four starts, Drew Locke is now three and one as a starter winning record easily. And what more do you need to see from Joe Flacco? I mean, it's time to hit the bricks as soon as the new league year rolls over. You take that dead money cat or dead money hit that you're going to sustain for having done that extension, moving money around. But at the end of the day, remember the Broncos aren't losing money by cutting Joe Flacco at the end of this season or beginning of next year. They put his salary on a credit card for 2019 and they're going to pay it off in the next couple of seasons. That's the way to look at it so that they could have cap space. But anyway, we're going to dive into it. We're going to get into our reactions, our analysis off the cuff here, our immediate reactions to Broncos Lions but first you guys just a couple of quick matters of business I see a super chat coming in we're going to grab you just a second my friend a couple of super chats um, really quick though matters of business make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod as you can see they're flashing across the bottom the ticker at huddle up pod on Twitter you guys that's just the the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time and then don't forget head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a creative review on the show. If you like what Zach and I are doing, give us a five-star rating. And that not only is a great organic way to help the show, but it enters you into our monthly giveaway, our drawing. We'll take a couple names, pick them out of the hat randomly, announce the winners the first week of January for the month of December. So take care of that business on Apple Podcasts for us as soon as you can. Thanks, guys. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. All right, let's welcome in everybody who has been chilling in the room and joining us live. Duke, Benjamin, Stu, what's up, my brother? What's up, Chris, what's up, dog? Jordan, Red John, Jake, I could go uh, keep going, but we got uh, – I think we're going to have a pretty full room tonight. Everyone's feeling good. Let's see what Bradley has to say here. Jumping in with a $5 donation on Super Thank Chat. You, Appreciate you, Brad. He says, great win. Thanks, Zach and Chad, for all you do to keep our spirits up. Well, you know, that's Thank good to hear. We try to, we try to give yeah. you the real talk, right, Zach, without while, 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 while keeping it on the positive and through kind of a lens of optimism. Right. I mean, we're never going to sugarcoat anything. We're never going to be too, uh, you know, sunshine, too negative. We're going to keep things real, really realistic for Broncos country. But we enjoy these Victory Sunday podcasts, Chad. We enjoy commiserating with Broncos fans in the best of times and in the worst of times. And we never apologize for any victory here. The Broncos played a good game today. And we're excited to see that the fans can celebrate watching the, their young quarterback pick up another win this season. By the way, did you catch it? Uh, 
I kind of missed the first little part of it because of some holiday stuff. The first like four minutes of the game. Did they announce how many no shows by chance? Did did you saw? It was like nine thousand. It was less than the uh, the Thanksgiving Day game yeah, against the Chargers. Yeah, it was and less. Liked what they saw from Buzz Lightyear in Houston, right? <laughs> and also beating Philip Rivers that game that it was quite egregious the amount of no shows. That's good. To, that's good to see. Chris jumping in with a twenty one dollar donation. One Thank of our Chris. super chat studs. He says looked like the Lions wanted it more, but then the Broncos kicked it up a notch. Plus more than twenty four points again at home this time. Twice since lock. Things are looking up, and that's a that's an interesting, you know, uh, that's an interesting point that he makes there. The Broncos have struggled to get over that twenty three mark throughout the season. Really, post Peyton Manning, it's it's been a struggle for this team. Two of Locke's four starts, they've they've eclipsed that. So that's that's encouraging, and I think it's got this front office excited about the future. And what I like from today's game is, is the Broncos settled down in the second half because that comment's right on. The, the Lions came out with energy. They scored a touchdown. They took a quick lead. But the Broncos didn't panic. They didn't go into a shell. They didn't get conservative. I thought Skangarello had a very creative game plan today with the fourth down calls and the running plays. And I thought Locke. I mean, he had Garrett Bowles. He had Wilkinson constantly committing penalties. He had drop passes. He never withered in the face of all of that. He didn't implode, and that's what I like to see. He's not a, a rookie quarterback in that sense. This Broncos team is learning how to win again, and they're learning how to overcome adversity. So it's only one game. It's a small sample size, but you have to like what you see based on today. I mean, it didn't start beautifully. And by the way, thanks, Brent. Appreciate you, brother. It didn't start well. You could kind of feel there was a little bit of like a – momentum vacuum and the lions kind of capitalized on that, but drew lock was not getting help, especially early from his offensive line. I'm not talking about pressures. I'm talking about not an inability to open up rushing lanes for the running backs. And then those two penalties on Elijah Wilkinson. And then a hold, of course, Garrett Bowles did have one penalty today. Other than that, he played very well, which has kind of been the story for Bowles. You just, you just know going into each game, you know, he's probably going to play pretty well. He's going to keep his quarterback clean. He's going to blast open some holes. But you're going to get that one face palm holding penalty each and every game from Garrett Bowles. But it was Elijah Wilkinson that was torpedoing this offense early, got banged up on a play in which Philip Lindsay ran out of bounds. Jake Rogers, lo and behold, Zach comes in, finishes the game at right tackle. Locke is kept clean. He's not sacked. The running game finally comes to life. And I'm thinking, you know what? The Broncos have been playing Elijah Wilkinson out of position at right tackle right. because they felt like they've had to. Jake Rogers, though, he's been a Munchak guy now. This is his second consecutive year with Munchak. I liked what I saw from Rogers today, Zach. I did too, and Patrick Morris as well at guard when Reisner uh, went out of the game. I thought the Broncos did a nice job with their makeshift line, but again, they were playing a Lions defense that's made every opposing offense look good this year. So I, I'm willing to hedge my bet with the O-line, but Wilkinson is a liability. I think Bowles is still a liability. And how bad is Calvin Anderson, Chad, where he can't even dress for these games and the Broncos are dying for offensive line help? I really wouldn't get so mad at Wilkinson, though. Blame John Elway for not having a competent backup on the roster and playing a guard at tackle. Blame Juwan James for sitting out the $51 million tackle and not playing through his knee injury. Wilkinson is doing the best he can, but he has become a liability, and I'm with you. I like what I saw from Rogers today. Joseph jumps in with a $10 donation on Super Chat. He says, Thank here's you. my Sunday tithe. <laughs> Appreciate that, brother, to your football priest. You're the man. He says, Deshaun Hamilton for the win. Hopefully he can keep it up so we can focus on O-line and defensive backs in the early rounds. And that's a that was a 
encouraging storyline that emerged from today. You had Deshaun Hamilton lead the team with six receptions. And by the way, on six targets, he caught each and every ball that went his way today. 65 yards and a touchdown, all season highs across the board. His first touchdown of this season, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. But what were your thoughts on Deshaun Hamilton, who seemed to kind of come alive over the middle and, and in the slot there for Drew Locke? It just shows that franchise-level quarterbacks can raise the talent of everyone around him. I mean, uh, Deshaun Hamilton was a ghost, Chad, for the majority of the season, and then Locke gets inserted into the lineup, and suddenly he's starting to perform again. So I like what I see from Deshaun Hamilton. I'm not ready to say I would skip a, a, a wide receiver if it fell to the Broncos in the first round, but you know you could do worse than having Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay. That's a young, solid nucleus there. The more playmakers that emerge from this offense with Drew Locke, the better. And it's coming together. You know, the more time on task that Drew Locks get, uh, Drew Lock gets, and the more time to work with these guys, build chemistry, get on the same page. Yes. And the more time also for Scangarello to get a feel for how this offense can work with the right guys being in the right position. Sky's the limit. And by the way, Stu jumping in, twenty dollar donation thank on you, super chat. As always, thank you. You are the man, Stu, our most ardent supporter, keeping the lights on here at MHH Central. Let's see what Philip says here. Five dollar donation on super chat. Thank he says. You, Let's just stick with Locke for the next few years and get some offensive line and, and additional offensive firepower. Yes, sir. And I think that's kind of, you know, that's going to be the main takeaway for this front office heading into an offseason. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the Broncos do against the Raiders. We, we got plenty of time later in this week to talk about that. But even if Locke finishes this year three and two as a starter, okay, that's massive steps in the right direction for a front office that's been dying for a quarterback that can show any signs of raising all ships to be that tide that raises all ships. We're seeing it. And even a defense today, like you hate to see the Broncos give up 17 points to a, an offense quarterback by David Blau, but they've been, they've been significantly and seriously depleted. No Bryce Callahan, no Kareem Jackson, uh, no Bradley Chubb. No Derek Wolf, no Demarcus Walker. I mean, the list, no Adam Gotzis. The list goes on and on this, this defense. So that they were able to, to basically bottle up the Lions when, the, when it really mattered most. I think a lot of that just has to do with the energy that is permeating this team now, Zach, with Drew Locke just being that tide that raises all ships. It's exciting. It's been a, a palatable change in the Broncos' offense and defense since Locke's been in the starting lineup. He, the, the team, like you said, Chad, his his personality is infectious, and they really rallied around Drew Locke. But yeah, they finally have hope under center now. They can't keep switching quarterbacks. They can't keep changing offensive systems. They finally found the guy, I think, who deserves at least 2020. I'm not ready to say he deserves the next 10 years untouched, but at least 2020, he showed enough to me. And I agree, build the offensive line, get him a burner wide receiver, protect him and build around him his confidence. I think you'll have a playoff caliber offense in 2020 with Drew Luck. Chris uh, mentions here, Fangio at the podium. I think Drew played good way to keep it balanced. Haha. And that's the thing with Fangio. He wanted to see a clean game from Drew Luck. He got it. This is another first for Locke up to this point in his career and his fourth start. He did not turn the ball over. There wasn't that face palm interception that you wish you had back. He finished a clean game. In fact, his stats across the board, Zach, let me read this off. He went 25 of 33, 192 yards, a touchdown, and a quarterback rating of 99.6. I mean, it's pretty much what the Broncos wanted him to be. Still take his chances as a gunslinger, but be a little more uh, uh, cognizant of his turnovers or lack thereof and, and play a clean brand of football. So if they can get that kind of production out of him, they can win with Drew Locke. I just don't want him ever 
uh, shying away from taking those shots down the field. What was encouraging to me is that even after the drop passes, even after he was had some bad series, they let him go out there and cut the football, throw it down the field, and find his weapons. So the more he's going to grow in this offense, I think the more comfortable he'll be playing a clean brand. It's really not his game, but I think conforming to that kind of style. By of the way, Andrew Beck, that counted that that shuffle pass to Philip Lindsay to pick up the first down on the fourth down play. That counted. It was a pass. It wasn't a lateral. It wasn't a pitch backward. He was uh, credited with a pass, so he's one for one in his NFL career as a thrower. He's got, he's got a rating of 91.7. So hats off to Beck, who touched the ball in three different ways today. He threw the ball. He carried the ball as a rusher. And then he also caught a shuffle pass slash whatever you want to call it. So he's an interesting young player that's kind of, um, you know, he's he's like a He's a brick in the wall. He's not a guy that's, you know, necessarily a game changer, but he's one of those solid, solid role players that finds a way to make an impact. But you know what, Zach, the one player I want to talk about here, just to shift gears for a second, it was, you could see, I mean, it, it was tough early on that offensive line. You had the flu basically striking the entire Broncos locker room leading up to this game. Everybody's been sick all week long. Dalton Reisner, who's not only been banged up nursing an injury, but he also got under the weather with this flu bug took some time for this offensive line to get moving, but it finally did. And I think that change at right tackle played a big role. And you saw Phillip Lindsay just come alive, 19 carries, 109 yards, got a touchdown. I don't see – I think he's cruising for that 1,000 yards. And by the way, if Phillip Lindsay cranks out a 1,000-yard season this year, he'll be the first undrafted player in NFL history to rush for a 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons. What is he, 48 away now? Is that oh, what it is? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think – I think he'll get it in week 17. And that's another great season considering he didn't have any of those breakout plays like we saw last year, those game-changing 50-yard runs. We saw a little bit of the old Lindsey, though, on that touchdown run today. I thought he was the most explosive he's looked in quite some time. And I thought the Broncos' game plan uh, did a lot to help his the, the Broncos' rushing attack. They, they threw the ball well, and they ran the ball well off of that. So uh, the more that Philip Lindsey can do for this offense, the better. That's why I still think he should be the, the number one and take away the 1A, 1B component, he's earned the right to be the guy in the backfield. Yeah, if you can get him 15 to 20 carries a, a game. I mean, the only thing that's missing from Philip Lindsay's skill set is just that receiving ability to make him a true three-down back because you don't worry too much about him in pass protection. I think he's kind of proven himself over his two years and how many reps he's gotten in, in real game situations. But you want to see him show – it's not so much for him route running his hands, man. He, he just doesn't quite – haul everything in the way you want to see it. Nick says, did anyone else see Noah Fant with great blocking today or was yes. it just me? Now he's, he's steadily improving. And you can tell that that's an aspect of Fant's game that he as a rookie tight end has really worked on crafting. And I think over time, you know, he sees what his, one of his mentors and George Kittle also went to Iowa, how he became, you know, just a complete tight end. And I think that's what Noah Fant, you know, he's learning from the best. They work together off off the field during the offseason. They talk to each other on the phone. You know, they're buddies, they're friends. And I think that that relationship is trickling down to uh, Noah Fant, and you're seeing him round out his game as a tight end. I think it was one of the plays that preceded the Deshaun Hamilton touchdown. Noah Fant had a great block that opened up a running lane for a big play. So he's getting better in that in that aspect. And the Broncos weren't even banking on him, him being a full all-around tight end in year one. They wanted his pass-catching chops to come out. If he can be a full blocking tight end, a full inline tight end, not just a receiver, that bodes so well for this Broncos offense going forward. I've also liked his development, Chad. I think the Broncos, we always talk about it, they really do have – a young nucleus of talent. 
Brian jumping in with a $2 donation on Brian. super chat. He says, still not impressed with the play calling Zach, you know, when you're watching it from when you're watching it live, okay, let's say you're watching it from the TV broadcast, or even if you're at the stadium, it's hard to know. It's hard to get a gauge on the play calling outside of situational football. So what do they call on third down? What, you know, do they make the right decision to go for it on fourth? It's hard on the first viewing to get a real good gauge of the play calling. However, in this case, after one one uh, viewing through, Zach, what's your take on Scangarello's game today with Drew Locke? Took some time to get going, but eventually it busted open five consecutive scoring drives. I thought for the most part he had a pretty good game plan, but this is Scangarello. On a third and seven, they threw a five-yard passing route. Then a fourth and one, they have that option tight end pitch with with Beck. So that's the type of play caller he is. He kind of baffles sometimes, and he really has flashes of brilliance other times. For the most part, they didn't go into a shell in the second half. He stuck to his script, but he also conformed to the game. He also uh, called plays with his gut, not just with his brain. So I like what I saw for him, and I think he's growing as a coach, just as Drew Locke is growing as a quarterback. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Aaron makes a good point here. He says, Von Miller may not be racking up sacks, but damn, he is still a huge part of this defense, double teamed 90% of the time, making big plays when he's not excited for Bradley Chubb to come back. Yeah, I mean, the 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 numbers aren't there for Von this year. I think he really has struggled a lot more than he anticipated learning and acclimating to Vic Fangio's scheme. But that's the thing is, he needs that complimentary piece. He needs that Elvis Dumerville, that DeMarcus Ware, that Bradley Chubb to help take attention off him because, I mean, when you're all a team's got in terms of edge, pass rush, pressure, I mean, teams, it, it pretty much simplifies things for teams in terms of just double teaming you. And every once in a blue moon, you're going to break through one of those and get a sack, but it's not going to be as consistent. And that's been, I think, the biggest issue. You know, if you go back to 2013, Vaughn did not have – Elvis Dumerville. It was the one year in which he didn't have that, you know, kind of similar to this year where he didn't have that complimentary player on the other side. And it was also the year in which he missed six games to suspension and then tore his ACL. 
this year is similar in terms of he hasn't had that focus to t- take off of him. But I, I still think overall you wish he could get home a little bit more. But at the end of the day, he is doing his job in terms of getting the pressures. He's still up there in the pro football focus, advanced analytics in terms of pressures created. He's just struggled to close and get home. I mean, yeah, he's been doing that all season, Chad. He's been getting around the quarterback and taking up double teams, and pressure is production in the NFL. It might not show up on the statue like Saks do, but it is the case. My only gripe with Vaughn is he's getting paid like a franchise quarterback, so he should not need a DeMarcus Ware. He should not need a Bradley Chubb to win those one-on-one battles. He's getting paid to win on those one-on-ones. That being said, though, I like the Broncos' young talent blossoming, Chad. We saw Malik Reed get around the quarterback. We saw Draymond Jones get around the quarterback. I like the Broncos are getting sacks and pressuring the QB without solely relying on Von Miller or Bradley Chubb, who's not playing this season. I like the growth of this defense. We always talk about the offense with their young talent. It's there on the defense as well. If I'm not mistaken, Broncos fan, I'm trying to remember, Broncos fan number 24 who just jumped in with a $10 donation. Thank you. Let me know in the comment stream. You're Larry on Twitter, right? Just confirm that for me. I want to make sure I'm connecting the right guys. But he says Vic Fangio gave credit to the O-line when asked about how did Drew Locke play. Uh, sounded like some shade towards Locke. What's your thoughts on this? You know, I haven't heard it myself yet, so I want right. to uh, proceed with caution there. But I don't think it's – I don't think he would be remiss, Vic Fangio – to credit the O-line as a big contributor to how Locke had an efficient day. I mean, that's part and parcel of how a quarterback can succeed. You need your offensive line to do its job both in pass pro and in blasting open holes on the ground. Yeah, I would need to hear the quote because context matters here, but I don't think he would throw shade at Drew Locke. I think that um, it all goes hand in hand. They had to protect him, and they did against a lackluster Lions defense. But like you mentioned, Chad, I think when Wilkinson went out of the game, the Broncos just found a combination of offensive linemen that worked to their advantage. I think he's happy about that, knowing all their struggles and knowing all the criticism with Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. I think Vic Fangio is just happy to find some linemen that can keep the quarterback clean. Chris brings up a good point here. Can Drew Locke draw in some decent free agents this offseason? You know, in free agency, for the most part, free agents go to the team that's willing to pay him the money, where that quarterback draw ends up helping teams, like you saw it with Peyton Manning, is it gets, you know, veterans willing to deal a little bit more. They're willing to take maybe a little bit less than another team might be offering to go to the team that has the quarterback. That's where having that it guy, you know, having a decided quarterback, having a guy people are excited about, that's where it can help you in free agency. And with Drew Locke, he's 3-1. and one. If he finishes this season 4-1 and one in the best-case scenario, what's your answer for Chris? I don't think he's going to hurt any free agent interest from the Broncos, but like you mentioned, Chad, what I was thinking is that money matters. It's the God in the NFL. The free agents will go to where the money is ultimately. It's not going to hurt the Broncos. He just doesn't have that star power like a Mahomes or like a Lamar Jackson. Those guys can single-handedly recruit uh, you know, free agents to choose them over other playoff caliber teams. The Broncos just aren't there yet, but you never know. The solid week 17 showing, let's say he throws, you know, three or four touchdowns, it can certainly help his momentum and his name recognition going into the offseason. I think it helps just building a kind of excitement. I mean, it's one thing to go out and produce and put wins in the standings. Players take notice of that, but what players really like is swagger. Do you bring that swag on game day? And his opponents, including his teammates, obviously know it, but his opponents, they see that swag out there on the field. And it, you know, it builds up buzz and it builds up a reputation. I'm just not sure a five game sample size is quite enough to be that big of a difference maker. However, 
in conversations, it will be part of the process for Elway painting the picture of why free agents want to come here. We finally got our young quarterback. Right. That's not an issue. So that will help. Now, Brian jumping in with a $10 donation. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I mean about play calling two times on third and long in the first half. We're throwing to Devonte Booker and the next drive. We have Royce in on third and long. Why not have Lindsay, our playmakers in the game? And that's a fair point. You know, again, I think Brian, you have to remember and it's not so much giving him a pass because here we are in the 15th game of the season, but Rich Gangarello still is learning on the job. And, you know, you want, you wish that Devonte Booker, by the way, on that third down drop that he had, I mean, it wasn't an easy catch per se. Should have made it though. Should have made that catch because Locke put it right there in Dime. the bread basket. And that was another dagger that, that, that prevented the Broncos from picking up any momentum in the first quarter. You know what? I, I would ordinarily agree with this point, Chad, but that play with Devontae Booker, they isolated the running back on a linebacker, got the matchup they wanted, so that's good coaching. And then Locke realized that matchup and targeted that matchup, and he should have had a completion. He threw a dime pass to Booker, who has to make that grab. I am looking forward to the Broncos overhauling their backfield and getting rid of Devontae Booker, hopefully getting a running back that can catch the ball consistently. But yeah, I wouldn't put that uh, criticism on Scangarello. They had the matchup they wanted, and it should have been a long game. Every time I hear that dime, I think of the Pat McAfee call last year, Lions Packers, when uh, Matt Prater threw the touchdown <laughs> pass and right. uh, that call. If you guys haven't seen it, it you got to go on YouTube and just search uh, Pat McAfee call Lions touchdown or whatever. It was phenomenal. Corey jumping in with a ten dollar donation. You, Appreciate you, Corey. That means a lot. Um, let's see here. What else we got from our great listeners? Let's see. Corey's got a, a comment here. He says, I think in free agency, we need to make the defense a finished product. But in the draft, I think we need a major upgrade to Freeman. Think about it, a true bowling ball in the backfield. Yeah, you know who I like is a kid from Utah. Uh, Zach Moss is his name. I like him somewhere round two, three. But it depends on what you do in the first round because if you you need offensive tackle big time, even if you're not going to make that change and you're going to keep Garrett Bowles, which it's left tackle, which it sounds like that's the thinking process that's, that's permeating Dove Valley at this stage, get used to, or accept the reality that Garrett Bowles is probably going to go into next year as the incumbent starting left tackle penciled in as the starter. But that doesn't mean you ignore it. Even if you get a completely healthy Juwan James, all of 2020, you still need that developmental upside tackle prospect, which who knows, maybe Jake Rogers can show something in these next couple of games. I hope they give him an opportunity to play in the season finale because he played very well today. But if the Denver Broncos handle their business and get either an offensive tackle, a corner in round one, I wouldn't be opposed to them getting a Zach Moss or a guy like that in round two or three. Yeah, I mean, I think round two would be a little too rich for my blood. They have other needs, but I think round three for sure, they can address the backfield and just stock the cupboard for Drew Locke. You can never have too many offensive weapons. And like I just mentioned, I cannot wait for the Broncos to overhaul their backfield, getting rid of Booker, letting Theo Riddick walk, and making Royce Freeman, even though he was a fairly high round draft pick, a pure backup guy who can come in and spell the running back for a few carries a game. He doesn't have workhorse qualities. He doesn't have RB1 qualities, but they can get a guy who can catch, who can take the top off the defense and kind of change the complexion of this offense. So I'm looking forward to that this offseason for sure. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children. 
changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Zachary brings up a good point. He says, when Bradley Chubb is back, our D-line will be scary. Shelby Harris with two sacks and Draymond Jones with three sacks today. Actually, what did Shelby finish with here today? He was not credited with a sack today. However, uh, you did have um, Draymond Jones, two and a half sacks. I think he was officially credited with. Draymond Jones, they only gave him two. Why They didn't give the half. So that first one they gave completely to the other player, but yeah, two sacks today for Draymond Jones. And the point though is not lost on us, Zachary, but Shelby Harris, he's about to hit free agency and he brings up a really sketchy situation because, you know, as a full-time starter this year, he's been hit and miss great in terms of batting passes down, creating pass rush pretty consistently, but Zach against the run, I don't love him. If you also were able to get Derek Wolf back, I'd probably be okay. But again, Shelby Harris is probably going to command some dollars, man. And I'm just not sure that you want to pay that money to him. At least Malik Jackson, when the Broncos were faced with that after the 2015 Super Bowl season, you knew he was a complete player on the D-line. He could create interior pass rush, and he was stout against the run. I'm just not sure you have that from Shelby, which clouds what his value is. I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, he showed as a nose tackle this year that he wasn't great against the run. He's better a pass rusher, but you know, eight batted balls, which leads the NFL defensive lineman six sacks this year from a, I'm a, a defensive lineman in a system that, you know, is predicated on the outside linebackers getting pressure. He made himself some, Nice money. He's going to get himself a nice paycheck this offseason. Whether it's from the Broncos, I don't know, but he's a good player to have around. The good thing is, though, this is what I wanted the Broncos to do on offense. They have a backup already in Draymond Jones who's producing and succeeding. So even if they lose Shelby Harris, they have a built-in replacement early on the roster, early in the system, who's already thriving. That's what I want the Broncos to have behind Garrett Bowles, just in case. Guys, we could sit here and talk Broncos and football with you guys for hours, but we also have to get going on some post-game written content and video content at milehighhuddle.com. So we we got to keep it relatively short from here on out. A few more questions, comments, and then uh, we'll circle back. And tomorrow, Monday night, we'll return, of course, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we'll uh, let our hair down and spend a lot more time with you guys, whatever you guys want to talk about. Brian jumping in, he says, $5, appreciate you, bro. You are the man. He says, I still hope 
we go defensive back with the first round pick in the draft. If there's one worth drafting when, of course, the Broncos are on the clock. Yeah, and and that's I agree with you. Like DB's up there in terms of priority. It's you know, for me, I'm balancing OT, DB, OT going back and forth. But keep you know, just stay subscribed, stay tuned, because as we get through the season and as soon as the season finale is in the books, you're gonna see Mile High Huddle completely shift its focus to draft and free agency. And our draft guys, nobody in Broncos country does it better than Mile High Huddle. And the guy, those of you who've been following us and reading our stuff and for years and years, you know that. So we're going to be diving deep into the prospects. Who are the top DBs to keep an eye on in the first round? Who are the top offensive tackles round one, round two, all that stuff. And we're going to be weaving that into what we're doing here on YouTube and Facebook with our live streams, breaking down prospects on film, with you guys participating, going through mock drafts live where we can figure out how to, to to work you guys into that conversation, especially our super chat studs. So we got a lot cooking and stay tuned for that. But DB, Zach, I think, you know, it's 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 a top of the, the priority list. Yeah, I mean, it, it will depend on what happens with Chris Harris Jr., what happens with Justin Simmons, what happens with Bryce Callahan, if they can, you know, get him back in, in working shape. But yeah, it's it's up there for sure. I still right now, gun to my head, I go off offensive lineman just because you have one right tackle sitting out, the left tackle still a liability. You don't have edge protectors for your franchise quarterback. So sitting here today on December 22nd, I'm still going offensive lineman round one. Ariel jumping in with a $10 donation. Thank you, Appreciate you. She says, Locke's performance as a rookie is still impressive. Good work today by Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton taking the load off of Cortland Sutton's back. We have finally found a QB1. I think you're right, Ariel. And, I, you know, after that second game, it was pretty apparent that Locke has the it factor, right? He has that, that ability to raise all ships. And that's the biggest thing, man, for when it comes to a, a franchise quarterback. Do you not only elevate your own role players on offense, but do you elevate the team? Does everyone rally around you? And I think, Zach, we're seeing that take place in living color and and Drew Locke's legit. I know the Broncos front office and the coaching staff. Vic Fangio's not going to get out there and, and gush about anybody. Right. I think you'll you'll hear him do it a little bit in their end-of-season press conference. But this team is giddy about what the future holds with Drew Locke. They know they found something here. In a lot of ways, he doesn't embody a rookie quarterback at all, Chad. He looks like a veteran out there in certain aspects of his game. The way he shakes off uh, mistakes or bad passes, the way he handles pressure, the way he runs the huddle and only uh, you know a handful of starts in the NFL, it's commendable. And you just see the way the Broncos gravitate toward that. You see how infectious his personality is. Definitely QB1, and I think going forward, that's why he's earned, no doubt, unquestioned, understood status as the Broncos' 2020 quarterback. Absolutely. I'm just checking something here. Yeah, I mean, he's he I'm seeing if I can view all of our super chat studs from today, but it doesn't let me view them in one spot till after. And that's another reason why guys, you want to make sure you follow the show on Twitter because after each and every podcast, we like to thank by name each and every donation uh, in our donors on super chat on Twitter and as a personal thank you and, and give you some love publicly. So make sure all of you are following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod guys, one or two more. And then we got to get out of here for today. Let's see what else is on your guys' mind. Here's a good one from Larry. Zach, do you think Jeff Hireman's done enough to keep around next year? Cause he's going to cost 
you know, he's he's here on an extension. He's on a second contract. It's going to cost him dollars next year. Has he been worthy to keep around? I don't think he was worthy of getting his new contract, Chad. He, he doesn't contribute anything to this offense. I'd rather go forward and, you know, you have Fant as the guy. I think Fumagalli has shown more than Jeff Ironman this year, so I'm willing to go with them too. Maybe add another one in the draft. You have maybe Jake Butt coming back, but I have never been a Ironman fan, especially after this season. He's done nothing in my book. You know, if he was here on like a vet minimum type of deal or you were maybe paying him one, two million dollars. But when you have Troy Fumagalli ready to take the next step, Andrew Beck showed out pretty well, I think, as a fullback sure. tight end Good hybrid. Point. You're still holding out hope that in a contract year, Jake Butt can finally vanquish the injury bug and get out there and play, give you some games. It depends on what happens in free agency. It depends on what happens in the draft. I think there is some value, though, to what Jeff Hireman brings to the table in terms of if you need a tight end out on the field who can take care of business in line as a blocker and also provide just enough ability as a pass catcher, there's some value there. And he's also a veteran that, that his the guys in the room look up to him. I'm just not sure at that cost, man. And I don't have it right in front of me. I can look it up if if we cared enough. But I'm just not sure he's worthy of that that total nut. He's also, uh, in my opinion, among the old guard. The Broncos are starting moving out, you know, and, and clearing room for the new players, the fresh blood. It's just bad juju, I think, from the the previous couple regimes. He hasn't proven enough as a 2015 third round draft pick, and they have Austin Fort who was looking good in the preseason. That's one of the comments from from Isaac said, great comment there. And it's, he, he looked great before going down. So I think the Broncos have enough young tight talent at tight end where they can get rid of Jeff Hireman, who's really hasn't contributed much, in my opinion. I'm trying to think if there are any other takeaways that we've missed from today, any key storylines that need to be addressed. I think we've pretty much landed on everything. I mean, it was David Blau. I think the – cornerbacks for the most part held up well today with one or two lapses that big play in the first quarter to Kenny Galladay you hate to see that but I mean Galladay was targeted six times today or excuse me 12 times today six receptions 66 yards and then he had that great play on the goal line stretching it out getting a touchdown so you don't want their best guy to beat you he did technically I think get his today against this Broncos secondary but how do you think this team held up Zach last thing then we'll get out of here with Kareem Jackson on suspension and all these holes at corner. You know, I think Trey Marshall had a pretty good game, Chad. I think, you know, I was surprised that he got to start over Will Parks, but he he looked like a better safety all-around safety, especially in center field, knocking down a few passes and and being out there in front of pass coverage. I thought they handled it pretty well. They don't have their starting nickel guy in Bryce Callahan. They just lost their best safety in Kareem Jackson. They weren't playing explosive offense in the Lions, but – for the most part, like you said, Blau got his, but I'm just so glad the Broncos did not lose to an undrafted rookie quarterback whose name sounds like Amigos ad lib. It just would have been a bad look <laughs> at home for this Broncos team. Oh, man. Good stuff. Well, hey, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast, the gut reaction to your Denver Broncos getting their sixth win of the season, defeating the Lions 27-17. to Drew Locke, 3-1 and one as a starter. The Broncos have now matched the win total from last year under Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio's maiden season, which is nothing to write home about. But if, Zach, they win next week against the Raiders, they'll finish 7-9 and nine and a full game improvement over last year with three different quarterbacks, a mountain of injuries, and an offensive coordinator learning on the job. 
I think it's pretty good. And, and, you know, a rookie coach, a rookie coaching staff, so many moving parts, so many injuries, so many different things and plan B's and plan C's and plan D's they had to go to this year. If they can crank out that, that uh, you know, winning streak to end the year and they can win on a high note, I mean, that's momentum for next season. And we should, if that's the case, I think it wouldn't be out of the extreme to almost expect the Broncos to be in the playoff hunt next season with a, a quarterback who they've established with their coaching staff. That's not rookies anymore. With all the talent they have, I think if they end on a winning streak, they all that momentum, I think we should expect them to be in the wild card hunt at the minimum next year. You guys heard it here. Well, again, thanks everybody for joining us live tonight on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate each and every one of you for giving us some of your time and also participating in the conversation. We can't get to each and every comment. We can't get to each and every question, but you guys make these live podcasts so much fun. It's like just being, it's like being at the bar and just hanging out and talking football with knowledgeable Broncos fans and people who really care about and are passionate about the game. It's just so much fun. And Zach and I look forward to it each and every day. But guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. And stay tuned, you guys. We will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern. And have your questions ready. Have your comments ready. They're, we're going to analyze what's set at the podium following today's game. Plus, we'll get to hear from Vic Fangio tomorrow about 1 o'clock. And for those of you, in case we miss you, make sure you have a great Christmas. We we want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, the whole nine yards. And uh, we'll talk to you be- between now and Christmas. Again, we'll be back Monday. But, but uh, in the meantime, have a great rest of your weekend. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.